from Daniel Studios in Cincinnati, Ohio. It's the Dennis Daniel Show. Tonight's guest from Steven Universe actor Zach Callison. And your announcer, me, Belle Dandy. And now, here's your host. He is Cincinnati's next big radio personality, Mr. Dennis Daniel. Boys and girls and children of all ages, it's me, it's me, it's the good old Double B, and you have found Blog Talk Radio's hottest talk show, The Dennis Daniel Show. I am your host, America's next big radio personality, and anime and manga examiner for Examiner.com, Dennis Daniel. And I am excited. Folks, there's fresh snow outside, it's December, that means only one thing. Christmas is once again right around the corner. And we here at the Dennis Daniel Show like to bring you the very best for the holiday season. And that's why we are so excited to have not only an incredible actor on the program tonight, but the guy who voices possibly one of the coolest cartoon characters to ever come down the pipe in history, Steven Universe. Because tonight on the Dennis Daniel Show, we have got actor from Steven Universe, Zach Callison. Now, I bet you're wondering... Oh, hold on there, Dennis. Who's, who's the Zach Callison feller? Well, Zach Callison, though, despite being a young feller, is a very popular actor who many know best as the title character in the brand new Cartoon Network series, Steven Universe. I like saying Steven Universe. It's, it's a cool thing to say. Steven Universe, Steven Universe, Steven Universe. But what exactly is Steven Universe? Well, apparently, there's a city called Beach City. And it's a normal city, located next to a beach. So it's a city next to a beach. However, it's got some pretty unusual inhabitants, a.k.a. the Crystal Gems. Garnet, Amethyst, Pearl, and newest Crystal Gem, Steven Universe. And with these incredible Crystal Gems, they have the power to save us from everything that's going on in the world that would want to destroy us. And we're talking crystal bugs, finger cats that have gone awry, Giant eyeballs in the sky made of crystal. Apparently, you can't throw amethyst into it because that does nothing. But it is funny to watch, though. And the newest member of this team is a boy named Steven. And I like Steven because, I mean, look at the kid. He's got that nice curly hair. He's a bit on the, uh, on the robust side. And he's got an awesome cheeseburger backpack. What, what, what? Wait a minute, wait a minute, hang on, hang on one second, wait there, hang on, hang on. Jerry, pull that picture out. Hmm. I can't put my finger on it, but that kid looks familiar. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Curly hair, big figure, he lives in Beach City, which is a city in Ohio. Could it be? Could the prophecy finally have come to pass? Could I have found my anime doppelganger? I don't know. I just, there, there are too many similarities between me and Steven. Yes, it's true that I have curly hair and I'm a bit on the big side. But 
I remember that one time that my pants started walking on their own, and that was unusual. We'll talk about this a little bit later on in the program. So let's take a quick listen at what makes Steven Universe so incredible. Oh! He's a frozen treat with an all-new taste, because he came to this planet from outer space. A refugee of an interstellar war, but now he's at your local grocery store. Cookie and Cat, he's a pet for your tummy. Cookie and Cat, he's super duper yummy. Cookie and Cat, he left his family behind. Cookie Cat! Now available at Gervin's off Route 109. <laughs> I can't believe you did this. I'm gonna save these forever. Right after I eat this one. Yes, I remember having my first cookie cat, but I was getting ready to buy into it. I remember that one part of the song, he left his family behind, and, well, it sent me into a spiraling depression. It took a couple years of therapy to get over. Be strong, Dennis. Don't make this another firecracker fiasco. Yeah, man, like, like, yeah, like Dennis has ever been to therapy. How do you explain the show, then? Okay, you got me. Well, anyway, let's get him out right now. My guest tonight is a very popular voice actor who plays the title character in the hit Cartoon Network series, Steven Universe, which you can catch every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the one, the only, Mr. Zach Daniel show. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing good. Yeah, well, I, I got to thank you for coming on here. I am a big Steven Universe fan. That's not beside the fact that he looks way too much like me. <laughs> now, I mean, I'll admit that's a little spooky, but I'm not going to turn to Harrelson Ford right around going, Steven, give me my life back! <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't seen what you look like, Dennis, but... Uh, trust me, trust me, the, the, the resemblance is quite uncanny. Really? Really. <laughs> so, but um, anyway, like I said, Steven Universe, you know, is it's been such an incredible series. You know, it just started last month, but I've seen some really peculiar things that I never thought I'd see in a, in a Cartoon Network show. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the program. So what got you interested in acting? Well, when I was seven years old, I was living in St. Louis, Missouri. That's my hometown. And I actually started with singing, um, which has kind of come full circle with all the music and shows like Steven. But I was taking singing lessons at a community college from one of the students there. And um, she didn't do recitals or showcases or anything. And my parents wanted me to get a chance to perform in front of an audience because uh, I'd never done that before. So I ended up auditioning for the play they were doing. It was The Music Man, and they had some kid roles, one of them being Winthrop, who is uh, the kid in the um, the marching band who had the lisp. And I auditioned. I got the part. And I, theater was where I started, and it, I found a home in it, and I did a lot of plays in St. Louis, and I really loved it. I eventually moved on to doing some film and commercial in St. Louis, what I could find. it's not There's not a whole lot of it there, unfortunately. Um, and in 2007, we ended up moving to Los Angeles. Yes, near near Hollywood, with three or four L's. Yes. That's really cool. <laughs> the Music Man is a very, very iconic piece of American cinema, and getting to be in that, 
I, I could have seen you more as the guy that goes, Shapoopy, 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 <laughs> the girl that's hard to get. My dad was in that musical number because he did the play with me, and he was um, he did some of the dancing in that. You know what they say, like father, like son. Yeah, he um, he started singing when he was – he actually started in, in drums. He was in a boy band with um, his brothers. And he was, was playing drums for them, and then he started singing when he was a teenager about my age and did some acting, too. So it, I think it comes from him. Gee, why does that sound like a father we know? Hmm. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you see where I'm going with that, Zach. Yeah, That's like father, so like son. Spooky. Okay, anyway. Blog Talk Radio, this is the Dennis Daniels Show. We've got Zach Callison on the air, best known as Steven Universe, from the hit show Steven Universe, which you can catch every Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Cartoon Network. Now, uh, many of many may not know this, but you actually got to compete on the popular game show, Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about what that experience was like? Yes. Actually, I wasn't one of the competitors, which people... Uh, who haven't watched the show are a little confused, but the setup of the show is basically you have the competitor who's the adult, and they're competing sort of with and sort of against the fifth graders. And in my class, there were three of us, and me, Danny, and Malachi. And we would basically go up, and they pick one of us to come up to uh, the other podium across from them. And we would put in our answer, and they'd decide their, the answer to their questions. And they could use their, uh, their cheats to try and um, look at our answers or copy our answer in order to try and win. And the grand prize was $250,000 if they got the bonus question right. Uh, that happened once in the 55 episodes I did. But it was really, really fun. I spent a summer, summer of 2009 doing it, and I, I loved it. it was, uh, I hadn't really done a whole lot in L.A. before that, and it was a great gateway and experience working on set, and it was a really great group of people working on it, too. Yeah, you got to work with the iconic Jeff Foxworthy. Uh, that must have been an experience all in itself. Yeah, Jeff is a really funny guy. He's uh, he's very nice, um, very friendly to all the kids, and um, it's generally just a nice southern gentleman. He's he's really cool, and he's really funny too. Obviously, being a comedian. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one of my favorite jokes is, if your idea of the family kitchenware all have labels that say "Cool Whip," you might be a redneck. <laughs> <laughs> there's your sign. Yeah, here's your. Here, no, no, that, that's that's Billing Ball. Is it? Yep. Nope. Nope. Really? Nope. Jeff I, Foxworth just copy more material. Zach, here's your sign. <laughs> get her done. Bukak comedy get joke there. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. You got to work on. Are you smarter than fifth grader? And 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 I, I and hopefully you were able to help them get to the two hundred fifty thousand dollars, which was pretty cool. Now I, I think you should have got a cut of the of the money as well, but. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I was I was a, a paid worker on the show, so I got I got my own share. But they they were the ones who were answering all the questions, so it, they were the the, the competitors. Uh, that's, that's still pretty cool. You got to be on that show. That was a really popular game show. So that's, that's, just, that's just neat. And like you said, more experience to get your face out there and you know launch you into what's going on right now. But um, yes. now now I've interviewed all kinds of great actors. I, we've but most of them have been you know pre-adult adult actors so you're actually the first well you're actually one of the only two teenagers i've gotten to talk to about acting and this is and this actually brought this to my mind how do you balance being an actor with you know being an average ordinary teenager and how does this affect your life outside of acting well um the short answer is it's hard um it's basically 
uh, th- there are sacrifices that have to be made. I don't go to a real school. I, um, I I do an independent study program, which I've been doing for about a year now, and then there was another one I did in online schools, and I've bounced around quite a bit. Um, so for school, I only have to go in once a week. I do it all at home or on set or wherever I have time, really. Um, and for as far as friends go, I I managed to get a pretty good-sized circle of friends just from living in the apartment complex I live in. Um, anybody who lives in L.A. probably knows it. It's... Um, it's basically, it was, it still is kind of a hub for young actors. Um, and I met pretty much all my friends in L.A., either here or through somebody who lived here. And so that helped me. It was a great social platform. Because when I first lived uh, in L.A., when we first moved out here in 2007, we were in a condo that there were no kids in the entire building. And it was really upsetting for me to not have any friends. Um, so as far as education goes and friends go i've i've managed to get a foothold i guess but i mean there's still hard things that i have to deal with because you can only fit so much into the day i mean i i work i go set on Steven universe and other shows i have to do school and hang out with friends every once in a while and it all balances out in the end though i assume that you're too young to have a uh, paparazzi following you around i i, I bet um too young? Not really. I've seen younger than me have that, but fortunately it's not really been that much of an issue yet. Um, and I, I hope that that remains to be true for a while. Well, as long as Honey Boo Boo lives in that state, I, th- I think you'll be perfectly okay. Yeah, she, she, she can steal the spotlight all she wants. I'm perfectly okay with that. Well, it's more, it's, well for her and, and her mom, it's more like two or three spotlights. <laughs> Burn. Yeah, hey, 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 hey. If you've ever seen that show, they deserve that. That burns me up. <laughs> that just burns me up that they can give someone like that a show. <laughs> but, um, yeah, of course, that, that's got to be, you know, really tough to balance not only education and acting, but also having your own life. I mean, you don't want to be a slave to the stage and screen. I, that's, that's ruined a lot of people. And that's why i got to say being an actor – especially a teenage actor like you, is possibly one of the most difficult jobs that you can have in this day and age. Yeah, I mean, I, I make it my main goal over everything to keep my head on straight. I don't want to get a big ego. I don't want to be the person always seeking attention. That's that's not what I want to be. I always want to stay grounded and true to my values. And that's I, I feel like I've been able to accomplish that, but it's it's a constant... The thing of constant vigilance. Well, don't worry, Zach. I got, I got enough of an ego for two of us. <laughs> uh, uh, that's, that's, that's awesome. So uh, to you, what is one of the most important things to remember when working as an actor? Um, I think professionalism is very important. Um, I've, I've heard so many teachers tell me that. Even if um, – you're say you're going down and you're against one other person in an audition situation and the you're just a little bit better than that other other person but you were extremely nervous in your audition you weren't very polite in your audition and they were then the likelihood is they may take that other actor over you simply because they're going to be easier to work with um and even once you've once you've booked something and you're working on something uh it's it's just better to be professional and you can you can still have a good time we have a great time on Steven Universe but it's it's all about 
like I said, not having an ego. That's really important to, to not have. It, it can really make or break uh, a ch- the chance at getting a, a, a title role. And if you've got, and, and I've seen egos destroy a lot of people. As we've probably all remember the Christian Bale stage explosion of 2009. <laughs> yeah. That's something that you don't want to have here, you know, in Hollywood, because that can blacklist you very easily. BlogTalkRadio.com, this is the Dennis Daniels Show. We've got Zach Callison on the air, best known as Steven Universe, from the self-titled Cartoon Network series, which you can catch every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Well, anyway, let's get into the, uh, into the, into the meat here. You play the title character, Steven Universe, in the all-new Cartoon Network animated series, Steven Universe, which you can catch Monday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Cartoon Network. What was it like auditioning for the role, and what do you think of your character? Well, auditioning for the role was... I think one of the reasons that that my audition stood out was because I had so much fun doing that audition. It was... I came into the audition with an idea. It was... I I had a picture of Steven on the uh, the call sheet for the audition. And I thought to myself, well, this kid's kind of chubby. He's, he looks kind of, kind of nerdy almost. It's like, what what can I do to, to make this character come alive? And I worked with my, my voiceover coach in the booth and it was only about 10 lines for the audition, but we decided to do some wacky, zany takes of things that we eventually ended up keeping in the final product that we sent over to my agency. And I think that, that was what made it so fun and made it stand out was that I wasn't afraid in that audition to go crazy and just do what I wanted. And I, I would guess that that came through. Um, as far as the character of Steven, like I said, he's, he's really, really high energy. If you've seen the show, you know that he's goofy, but he has heart too. The, the whole show has heart. And I think that's what, what I really like about it is that it, it's not afraid to be emotional and have strong story, even though it's a, goofy animated show on Cartoon Network, and it has a great balance of those that I, I feel really strongly about. I feel that this could be, Zach, the next Adventure Time, because not only do you have you know the action, the adventure that many would assimilate with Adventure Time, but you also have the comedy, the over-the-top antics, the uh, a, a goofy kid with a ton of heart, like you said, and you know just it just shares so much with what I think is a great cartoon. And I think, you know, they just announced another 13 episodes. The series has been renewed for season two. So that's already got to be great news that this is going to be a fantastic show. Yeah, I mean, that was really, really cool when we, we heard that. I, it's just so exciting. Because, I mean, to pick it up that early, that's that says something that, that we have people on our side. So Yes. If I don't ask this now, I'm going to go crazy. Could you give us a little Steven? Of course. Let's see. What um, something from a recent episode? Um, you know what? You played the Cookie Cat song earlier. How about this? All right. I activate my powers by eating ice cream. <laughs> As do I, Stephen. As do I. I think everybody does in their own way. Uh, well, my power is giving an incredible headache. <laughs> brain freeze, right? Yeah, yeah. Brain. Well, well you gotta have a brain to get a brain freeze. <laughs> I'm I'm terrible. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> so anyway, uh, what is it like getting to work with your fellow cast members on the series, including musician Estelle? It's it's been a blast. I mean, they have such a great cast of uh, just the, the main characters: uh, Michaela Dietz, Edie Magno Hall, Estelle, um, 
just really, really cool. I've never actually worked with Tom Sharpling, who plays Greg. Um, I've never met him. Um, but somehow, the through the editing and through the, the tasting of the lines, they they create chemistry that really, I mean, I, comes from a thin air, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's usually I'm in the, the booth with Michaela and Dee Dee, and um, Estelle travels a lot, but she gets in the studio occasionally, and it's really fun. A lot of shows don't do ensemble records, and I really like it, because it's it allows you to play off of each other, and it's a lot more fun, usually. And not to mention the cast of uh, supporting characters that they, they have. Um, Zachary Steele, who plays Ronaldo, is, is really, really funny and has some cool stuff coming up. Uh, Atticus Schaefer, who plays Petey, who you can see in Frybo and some other stuff as well coming up. Um, they're just really, really talented people, and they, they're always bringing in great new actors. And uh, oh, Grace Rolek, um, who plays... Um, um, Connie, uh, just so many great people on the show that are so much fun to work with, and it's been great. So I, I gotta tell you, Zach, there's one character that we saw in Cat Fingers, and I did not realize this. Did you know that Mayor Dewey was not too different from you or me? Yeah, I know. It's it's really really funny how similar they made him. Mayor Dewey was played by a guy named Joel Hodson, who is the creative genius behind the sci-fi. B-list movie riffing series, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Yes. And, you know, when I heard that, I was like, oh, snap. I wonder where Joel landed after escaping the satellite of love. <laughs> I thought he was in the outback. That, at least that's what, that's what Dr. Forrester said. So, so he's now the mayor of a beach city. Yes. Jeez, he's, he's going up in the world. Yeah. So that, so that means that hopefully in a future episode, we'll see Tom Servo and Crow as his secretaries. <laughs> Uh, yes, but Joel's, I think, a really talented guy. And it's so cool that he's now getting into, you know, voice acting after doing, after making the cult classic that we've come to know as MST3K, and now he's doing the voice acting. And I, I'm just looking at the cast here. you got D. Bradley Baker, who's a staple in many I forgot to mention him. series. Yes. Uh, that guy is just in everything. And whether he's doing a voice or he's doing a sound effect, that has just got to be really cool to work with. He, D is unbelievable. I mean, I've worked with him on a couple of different things now, and just the noises that come out of that guy are so mind blowing. He, ah, so the, the monster noises and the animal sounds and even like ambient stuff is just ah, it's amazing. He's a modern day Frank Welker. Well, yeah, well Frank Welker's amazing too. Well, no, uh, I'm not selling Frank. These, I'm not selling him short either. These two guys are incredibly mind blowing. Yes. Um, D, I mean, I've, I've, I've worked with both of them. Uh, D, more recently. Um, Frank Welker, I worked with on an episode of Scooby-Doo, like, three or four years ago. Um, and it, it, he's amazing, too. He can switch between um, the voice of Fred and Scooby just at the drop of a hat. But um, D is 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 really cool guy. That it, it, He works on everything just because he can make any noise imaginable. That's, he's, that's still pretty cool that you get to work with these these iconic guys. Now, have you actually gotten to work with uh, the uh, storyboard artist Rebecca Sugar? Oh, Rebecca? Yeah, of course. She's in. She's at every recording session, and um, along with our director Ken Osborne, um, she is always there and um, has become a, a great friend of mine. She's a creative genius. She knows um, she knows her stuff for sure. And we have these long, detailed conversations about different cartoons and anime and. Um, all sorts of stuff. She's she's amazing, and 
really, really glad that she created the show. I think a lot of people all over the world are glad that she created this show because, once again, Steven Universe, I think, is going to be the next Adventure Time, and you saw how much of an impact that show has had on pop culture and animation as well. It's it's really changed quite a bit of the animation world. I mean, I, it's it appeals to so many different demographics. I like it, it appeals to kids. It appeals to kids my age. It appeals to young adults. It appeals to parents. And everybody can love a show like that. And if Steven can can be like that, then consider me really happy. Then all we all we need now is for Hot Topic to release a star T-shirt, and I'll be good to go. <laughs> and a cheeseburger backpack because I can only find backpacks with pictures of cheeseburger on them on eBay, and that's not what I want. Yeah, I, I'd really like one from the um, the first episode, the buy t-shirt cannon shirt. <laughs> buy t-shirt cannon. Yeah, something like really obscure like that. Yeah. I, I thought that was a really funny little bit that they threw in there. Just was... Buy t-shirt cannons? That was a fun line to do, too. Now I want to go and buy a t-shirt cannon. That's, that's subliminal messaging. <laughs> Ooh, consonant subliminal messaging. So um, if you could have one power of the crystal gems in real life, what mm-hmm. would you have? Oh man, um, as cool as their their unique weapons are with amethyst whip and um, pearls, sword spear thing, um, I'd probably have to pick the shape shifting. Me they too. Can, like, they can literally turn in anything they want at any time, and that's awesome. You know, I might turn to Steven Universe just 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 because. Yeah. <laughs> or just or just go waff waff. <laughs> that, was, that was one of the best things I ever seen yeah. on that on that show. Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh! But, you know, again, you know, just these these characters are so over the top, and yeah. that's that's one of the selling factors. You know, they're they're entrusted with protecting the world, but each one is so unique. I mean, Garnet is super serious all the time. You never see her show any emotion and. I don't even know if she has eyes. She has those glasses on all the time. I don't know what's going on behind those shades. Uh, Amethyst is lazy and, uh, and just, you know, blacks and fun-having. Again, kind of like I have a twin. Yeah, the, Pearl the, the, is, Kayla's voice for Amethyst is, is really funny to listen to in the studio. And Pearl is just super serious all the time. And i, I got to know, what is she supposed to be? Is she supposed to be a samurai, a ballerina, a combination of the both? Because... I mean, because in the in the interview for the show, Rebecca said that she was a samurai, but I see more of a ballerina, and I'm like, is, are they a fusion? Is it a samurai rena or a ballera? Or she's uh, she's somewhere in between on the scale to the point where she's just Pearl with all that like worried mom energy for Steven and caring for him, and uh, she's like she can go crazy in a fight as much as she wants to, but. She never really shows that until the fights come. Until then, she's always the nerve bag, always worried about Steven and the mission. And But when she starts fighting, you see that other side of her where she comes out and just starts kicking butt everywhere. Uh, it's, again, it's all great. So um, I don't know if you're allowed to tell us any of this, but is there are there any cool things coming up in the series that you, maybe you can give us a little hint at? Oh, man. Um... Like I said, there's a lot of um, cool supporting characters that you've seen already that are that are going to be returning, and some new ones. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I really 
can't really say that much, unfortunately. I, I wish I could, because um, I know there's some stuff that's coming up in episodes relatively soon that are really going to excite the fan base and that involving some of the main characters. And um, yeah, we've already worked through uh, a lot of pretty much all of the season one episodes and stuff. Um, I, I think we're technically working on season two episodes now. Woo! Season two! Yeah, it's it's really cool. The uh, the thirteen episode pickup. I think that's what we're we're into now. But there's lots of cool storylines coming up that are um, that are not just, not only funny. There are some of those too. Um, one of my favorite episodes is later on in season one. Um, but some really serious story driven stuff too. Um, that's I I can't wait to come on the air so I can actually start talking about it. We will definitely have to have you back on so you can tell us about all this cool stuff coming up in season two. I would love to. Awesome. Well, anyway, uh, moving out of Steven Universe, another popular show that you're on is Sophia the First on the Disney Channel, and you mm-hmm. play Prince James. I so do. So what is it like working on that series, and what do you think of Prince James? Another great group of people. Um, it's, it's a really, really unique experience compared to a lot of cartoons because it's aimed at younger kids, yet it's got some mature storytelling to it to the point where, like I said about Adventure Time, the, the parents can watch it with their kids um, and not like some shows are just like out there and are, are really, really kid focused. And sometimes it's hard for the families to watch it. But when I'm out at like meet and greets and stuff, I run into kids my age all the time that watch Sophia the first, uh, whether it's with a younger sibling or with the family. Um, but working on the show has, has been really fun uh, for two years or so. And, um, Prince James is a high-energy, fun guy. I kind of like Steven, actually. Well, it's Steven for Rugrats, essentially. Sort of, yeah. Minus the belly button and the cookie cat. and Now I'm bringing yeah. up some painful memories about the loving his family behind. <laughs> but, James has more sword-fighting powers than magical powers. Well, and that's, all, it's, that's not a bad thing, essentially. And I'm just looking at the cast right here. Ariel Winter, Coco Grayson... Travis Willingham. Let me yes. tell you what, Zach. Travis is an awesome dude, and I know him. I know him best as Roy Mustang from Full Metal Alchemist. And mm-hmm. and but but now that he's getting into these uh, into these car- these primetime cartoons, that's really cool. I mean, you've got Wayne Brady. You've yep. got uh, Ashley Eckstein, who was Ahsoka from The Clone Wars. Uh, Carlos Alazraki, who was Rocco from Rocco's Modern Life. You've got Jim Cummings, who we had on the show early in April. Yes, he's amazing too. Oh, trust me, you're talking to a '90s kid who grew up watching Darkwing Duck, so <laughs> you don't gotta you know you don't gotta argue that with me. He is awesome, to say the least. But you know, it does sound like you know I've never seen Sophia the First, but I've, I've seen all kinds of great reviews about it. it. You know, it's really cool that cartoons like these are now coming back. Where you know it used to be all cutesy, wootsy, and flowers, but now they're bringing some really great life lessons in there it, it, it kind of halter it kind of hollows back to the days of blues clues and and, and mm-hmm. Eureka's castle and and i hear that this show has just been it's been incredible and I, i'm going to encourage my audience to check it out if you got a little kid or a little brother or sister that watches this maybe sit down and watch an episode with them because it sounds like it's a really really good show it's also a teaching show. I mean, most shows aimed at younger kids aim to teach, but Sophia does it really well. Um, I think that's a large in part due to the writing. It, it's not. It's not made to be a show that's 
directed only at kids, like I said. It's it's accessible for everyone, and people can learn stuff from it because it, it teaches lessons that are applicable to a lot of situations. All right, that's always a good thing to learn from. Well, anyway, blogtalkradio.com. This is Dennis Daniels' show. We've got Zach Callison on the air, best known as Steven Universe, and Prince James from Sophia the First. And, of course, we're uh, always going to take your listener questions. Head over to Twitter, a.k.a or Twitter, at the Dennis Daniel to leave us a tweet there. Or uh, in a couple, come up in a few minutes, you can actually call us on the shrimp line, area code 347-884-9149. And, we, and you can actually talk to Zach right on the air. So that's, that's pretty awesome. Call me. Maybe. Call, okay, call, call me, me, maybe. Here's my number, so call me, maybe. Don't, don't start singing that song with as Stephen. <laughs> as Stephen. Don't start doing I can I can totally hear that in my head right now. Well, can, can you try it? Let's just let's just let's try. It. Here's my number. So call me maybe. I wasn't to the tune, but Stephen goes to the beat of his own drum. Oh no, that was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. Oh gosh. That, okay, Cartoon Network, get a recording on a cover of that with Steve. That should be covered. I, th- I think if Carly Rae Jepsen hears this, we've won the internet. Yes. Well, one internet to you and I. Yes. Well, anyway, um, talking about a, a cool thing coming out next year besides season two of Steven Universe, um, you're also starring as King Tut in the upcoming DreamWorks movie, The Adventures of Peabody and Sherman. So yes. Can you tell us a little bit about how that is coming along? It's coming along really well. I'm actually um, doing some promo work now, um, just in preparation for the release, and it's been really, really cool. Rob, Rob Minkoff, Alex Schwartz, um, really cool people to work with, and just doing that voice is so much fun. It's a crazy character voice, um, like the complete opposite of Steven. He's, uh, he's whiny, he's bratty, he's annoying. Uh, he, you just want to slap him in the face. And uh, I can't go like, slap my computer, and that hurt my hand and my screen. <laughs> Yeah, don't crack your screen over King Tut. That wouldn't be good. Yeah. No, but I, if I did, then him and my computer would have something in common. They'd both be wrapped up. <laughs> I'm sorry. But from what I've seen in the trailer, this is going to be a really cool tribute to the iconic Rocky and Bullwinkle cartoon series that I, I got to watch growing up. I loved Peabody and Sherman. They had some incredible adventures. They were They were slapstick for their time, and now we're going to see that in a full 3D animated feature. And how appropriate is it that June Foray, who was at the head of this Rocky and Bullwinkle stuff, to be in this now, you get to work with her, uh, Stephen Colbert, Patrick Warburton, just all these great voice acting legends all coming together for this awesome movie. And I cannot wait for it to come, when it comes out. I believe it comes out March 7th, in USA, and I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, working like a cast like that is just amazing. You got a great mix of well-known actors, well-known voice actors like Patrick Warburton, and then people like Jeff Harnell, who um, is doing some parts in that. Who worked on he's uh, Cedric on Sophia, um, as well as uh, a, a bunch of characters in Adventures in Odyssey, which I worked on for a long time. Uh, he's he's been something of a like a voice acting mentor to me since I met him doing Adventures in Odyssey, um, and a good friend. He He's a really great actor. So Mr. Peabody and Sherman has some really great people involved with it, and I have a good feeling about it. 
again, I, I don't see any reason why no one should check this movie out when it hits theaters next March. It does sound like a crackerjack. You've got an incredible cast of, of I think, some really incredible VAs, including uh, the one that we're talking to right now. I mean, if, if the Thank only you. reason you go is because you want to go, well, I want to see Steven, the guy who plays Steven Universe in it, well, then that's, that's, that's more than good. That's good enough for us. If anybody goes to see Mr. Peabody and Sherman for that, that would that would be cool. But I think you should go to see the actual movie because it's going to be really cool. Well, yeah, of course it's going to be cool. It's Peabody and Sherman. Yeah, everybody loves Peabody and Sherman. I mean, my parents grew up watching that, and now kids can go and see what their parents watched when they were younger, and that's I think that's cool. It's cool. I just I just I don't know why a dog would need glasses, but. Eh. It's the show is intelligence. But he, dogs see in black and white, so it's kind of a moot point, Zach. <laughs> I, yeah, I guess. See, this is, this is what happens when, when you come on this show. Insanity personified. <laughs> uh, but uh, anyway, um, are there any other projects that you're working on that you could tell us a little bit about? Um, let's see. I, I do live action work as well. I'm not just a voice actor. Um, I, I did a pilot a couple months back. Um, some parts in movies, but for the most part, it's been working in voice acting. It's because the, the live action stuff is going to be a long ways off because I just did it. Um, but yeah, I mean, Steven is on the air now. Sophia has been on the air for a while. Mr. Peabody and Sherman's coming out. I also did a part in the American dub of, um, Hayao Miyazaki's The Wind Rises, which you may know about being, I know you're an anime fan. Oh yeah. Actually, actually I believe it comes, yeah, it comes out, uh, this February and yeah, it, it does. Are, yeah. It's, it, it's actually a very cool story. It tells the story of a very talented uh, fighter plane designer and uh, his journey through uh, pre-World War II Japan. And, you know, what, what it was like seeing what was going on during, during that time in history as compared to what was going on during, you know, uh, pre-World War II America, where we had the Great Depression, the New Deal, the Dust Bowl. So it gives an audience a, a cool perspective of what's going on on the other side of the world in the time that we would come to know as World War II. Yeah, it's, it's a great, great story. I haven't actually seen the full film yet. Uh, the one screening I went to, they couldn't get the subs to work, and the dub hadn't been completed yet. So um, I... I, I will see it eventually, both Japanese and English versions. Uh, I'm playing the, the young version of the main character, Jiro, in the first ten minutes of the movie or so. But it's it's a great, great story, and it's a different type of animation because it's it's a very adult story. It's got very mature themes. Um, it deals with loss and grief, but it also deals with passion for something you love. And like you said, it's also a historical drama because it it gives perspective onto the other side of something like that. I mean, it's a, a Japanese film, so it's from that perspective, but to be able to have a film come over that easily for people to see, I think that's that's something important. Well, this is actually going to be the final piece that's directed by the iconic yes. movie maker Hayao Miyazaki, and, and he has made some incredible series, or incredible movies, including... My Neighbor Totoro, The Castle of Cagliostro, Spirited Away, Howl's Castle, uh, Pocoroso, uh, Princess Mononoke, and the all-time saddest movie in history, well, next to The Passion, 
Grave of the Fireflies. The Fireflies. I watched that for my research for the Wind Rises audition, and uh, I don't think I could do it again. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. That, that makes you want to shed the tears. Yeah. the Any Studio Ghibli movie is just done so well. And you, you mentioned um, uh, series, but even though Miyazaki does mostly films, but Rebecca Sugar from Steven Universe actually burned me a CD of his very first, um, I believe it was his very first product, uh, project in animation, a series called Future Boy Conan that he did in the 70s. And I, I just got the CD, and I'm going to be watching it soon. Um, it, it, it lasted for one season. And I'm really excited to see it because it's like really, really early work of Miyazaki. I might have to see if I can track me down a copy as well. It sounds like something that I'd like to see. Yeah, a very obscure piece of his life's work, I guess. Well, I guess it's the it's the beginning of the entire life's work that we would come to know that would change the world of animation and just turn it and open the door to many artists. Who got who will become the storytellers of legends, including Rebecca Sugar? <laughs> yeah, we that's one of the things that we talk about quite a bit is Miyazaki and his work, and that's how we got on the subject of Future Boy Conan. She asked me if, if I'd seen it, and I said, "No, oh, what is it?" And it was Miyazaki's first series. So um, her and um, Ian from from Steven burned me the the CD and uh, gave it to me, and they even drew on it and it did the Conan and one of the other characters. That's that's pretty cool, you know. Yeah, it'd be it'd be cool to see some of these uh these cartoon series just do all these awesome crossovers. Cause, and, and I think what would be really cool is to see an Adventure Time Steven Universe crossover. I'm not saying next year. I'm not saying you know in, in, down the road. I'm saying when the show becomes established, do a cool crossover between the two. We saw a Ben 10 Generator Rex crossover a couple years ago. So why not an Adventure Time Steven Universe crossover? I mean, it doesn't have to stay on the fan fiction websites. I mean, it's it's not really too much of my control. I can ask for it, but ultimately, ultimately, it's up to the creators of both shows. Yeah, it, just, it is something I would like to see. I'm just saying that'd be really cool. But please do not take from inspiration from the thing, the fan fiction that people do, because some <laughs> of that stuff gets a little little weird. If you yeah, know what I mean. yeah. I don't want to corrupt you because you're still a young you're still a young gun. So I don't want to corrupt you. But I have seen Adventure Time go to some dark places. I don't want to see Steven Universe go there either. I actually, my call it Billy wants to do a. I don't want to live on this planet anymore. Yes. Okay, yeah. Well. That, that, that's that's how you feel after reading some that. And actually, just I'm just thinking of this. Uh, <laughs> I thought of a really bad joke for for the show. Um, it, uh, one thing where they're they're fighting and Stephen can't use his powers, and Garnet goes, "Stephen, you have to concentrate." And he goes, "I'm just an American boy." <laughs> okay, I gotta explain that joke for those of you who don't get that joke. Estelle did a song with Kanye West that was called "American yeah. Boy," and that's where the joke <laughs> comes from. Didn't say this was the show was in the top three hundred for its writing. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. But before we go, um, we always ask our, uh, our our acting guests: Do you have any advice for those that want to pursue a career in acting, just like you, or maybe just getting their start in voice acting? Well, the most important thing is training. You always have to be working on your craft. Um, if you're not getting better, you're not going anywhere. Um, sure, you can get lucky and book something, but in order to stay consistent, you always have, you have to be constantly working on technique and you all, you also have to have a passion for it if you're in it to make money then 
you're probably not going to go anywhere. That's not the right attitude to come into the business with. And the most important thing is if you do start to find success, you have to stay humble. That's the, the most important part. And if you stay true to what you just told me, I think you will go very far in this business. Thank you very much. Well, guys, unfortunately, we are out of time for the final Dennis Daniel show of 2013. I want to thank Zach Callison for joining me on the program. Guys, check out Steven Universe every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Cartoon Network. Uh, you can uh, follow Zach on Twitter, at Zach Callison. He's worth a follow, and you know, you, you may want to learn a little bit more about the guy that does Steven. Because you know what they say, hashtag believe in Steven. Yes. Or hashtag it's where it's at with Zach. <laughs> I, do, I think you just started the trend. I, I do one for Dennis, but nah, that, that requires too much thinking. A lot well, of blind, we will see you guys down the road. Uh, me and Steven are going to go get some of these fried bits. I have never had any fried before. So until we see you down the road, this is the Dennis Daniel Show saying Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2014. And good night, Steven. Good night.